You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, we break down the Jets' win in Detroit, including Cops' big night, and debuts for Dylan Sandberg and Declan Chisel. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rowicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Well, that went a little better than the visit to Colorado, eh? A week off and not facing the avalanche seemed to do the Jets some good. And uh, what ended up being a pretty convincing win over the Red Wings, even though the scoreline didn't necessarily suggest it. Some big-time performances from the Vets and some exciting debuts and games as well from the youngsters in the future of the club. So let's get right into it. The 3-0 victory for the Jets out there in Michigan. And and really, if you watch the game, you know where we got to start this one. But it's with the Snipe Show himself. And I mean, sure, Kyle Connor is uh, on pace for 50 goals and an all-star now officially. But how about Andrew freaking Cop? I mean... Those were two all-world goals by number nine last night. I mean, Cops Age, you might as well just, you know, put the highlight reel up, hand those out to the GMs of the offseason, and, and bump that payday up and watch the dollar amount go up and up. I mean, <laughs> a 55-point pace. He's top 15, by the way, in ice time per game amongst all forwards of the NHL this year. You know, both power play and penalty kill, two-way game. The dude is going to get paid in a big big way and he deserves it and it's plays like those two goals on the night that really sell in in my opinion the fact that Andrew Kopp really is one of the most underrated players in the entire NHL you know I know for for years it's been oh Barkov and Huberto and Florida are underrated but when, when you're putting up 90 points it's you know kind of hard to go under the radar I don't think they have been underrated for a while but I just don't know how much Andrew Cobb gets in in terms of love across the league. Hell, Andrew Cobb went on the Spitting Chicklets Sandbagger Classic and Biz Nasty thought that he was an AHL guy. Didn't even know he played in the league. And he's on pace for almost 60 points this year. And, And really, like I said, those two goals are a perfect illustration of the growth that we've seen in Andrew Cobb's offensive game. The fact that his skill level has gone up significantly. Since he first started with the Winnipeg Jets, because, I mean, we all know that Cop is a great 200-foot guy. He's always been, 
ever since stepping into the league, even his first game, a, a defensively responsible player, that part has never been in question. It was just how high is the offensive ceiling? And is that going to keep Andrew Kopp from playing top six minutes consistently? But I mean, those are, are two really, really high-level skill plays by Andrew Kopp. I mean, you have an incredible snipe from an impossible angle on the goal line. You might have the width of the puck as far as space to put that throat. He threads the needle perfectly, just a, a beautiful shot and a really confident play as well. But then on top of that, an in-stride, quick-release, perfectly placed wrister for the second goal, and he probably could have had... You know, four and maybe even five and, and gave given somebody a million dollars on the night. That's how involved Andrew Cobb was offensively in that game. I mean, there's just no doubt about it that Andrew Cobb is going to get deservedly paid this offseason in, in a huge way. And hopefully it's from the Winnipeg Jets because it's a tough conversation that's going to have to be had sooner than later. But even with the tight squeeze potentially with what looks to be a flat salary cap once again, I don't know if the Winnipeg Jets can replace him. We, we've seen a number of forwards over the years leave that have played impactful roles with the team, but Andrew Cobb's exit might be the most irreplaceable of the bunch, so it's a difficult call for Kevin Cheveldayoff, and there, there might have to be two or three moves to allow Andrew Cobb to fit under the salary cap, but with how well he's played this season, getting an even more expanded role as his career goes along here, oh man, oh man, that's you don't want to see Andrew Cobb doing that somewhere else and not in the blue and white. Now, while Cobb was certainly the number one star of the night, no doubt about it, I do quickly want to touch on the play of one of the supporting pieces tonight, and that was Evgeny Sveshnikov who just, I, I just love watching this guy play. He gets the call to play alongside Kopp and Shifley, and just like he has all season long, he did not look out of place when playing with high-end teammates. And that first goal in particular on the night is just great work from Sveshnikov. He really creates and makes that entire play happen, although Andrew Kopp, rightfully so, is going to get all the glory. And but if you go back and watch it, if you can, it starts at the red line where Sveshnikov picks the puck up, able to get a clean entry into the zone. Some great work in terms of patience to allow the rest of the forwards to get into the play and then able to use his body to shield off a defender. Even more patience at that point to draw a second defender in towards him. And then a, just a, a quick sneaky pass through those two players along the boards over to Andrew Kopp, who then has a ton of time and space leading up to the shot. If you watch Sveshnikov, he makes little subtle plays like this all the time, and they don't show up on the score sheet every time. It did on this occasion, and they certainly don't show up on the highlight reel, but over and over the course of a season, over the course of a game, it's just little winning plays like that that can make a really big difference. And I, I just, I'm a huge, huge fan. This has definitely been one of Sheveldayoff's most savvy pickups as a GM of this team. And I've got no problem whatsoever giving him top six minutes, basically any night of the season. And even when everybody comes back healthy from, from COVID and injury, he's a no doubt about a top nine forward on this team all day long. And I, again, no problem for me, having Sveshnikov be a top six forward. A great motor. He's great along the boards. He's, he seems like a beauty, too. 
It sounds like everybody there loves him. I, I'm a huge, huge Evgeny Sveshnikov fan. And in a big way last night, throughout the evening, he showed why, you know, I mean, A, why he was a former first-round pick, but more importantly, B, why he continues to deserve minutes alongside some of the best players on the Winnipeg Jets. Now, there were also some exciting debuts in the game on the back end, and then a Cole Perfetti appearance as well. We gotta get to those, and we'll do that right away here. But first, let's give a shout-out to our friends over at DraftKings. A big week ahead in the sporting world, because the NFL playoffs are here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a huge offer to kick things off. Because with Super Bowl 56 just weeks away, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. So if you bet $5, that's all you need, you can win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Now remember too, if Sportsbook is not available in your state or province just yet, you still have a lot to play for during wildcard weekend. Huge cash prices are always up for grabs with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, an exciting night as far as the future of the Winnipeg Jets against the Red Wings. I mean, due to unfortunate circumstances with some COVID-related absences. But we finally got to see the debut of Dylan Sandberg at the NHL level. And that was also followed by the debut of Declan Chisholm. Hopefully, by the time he's an NHL regular, I can actually pronounce his name without stumbling all over it correctly. But it was a really, really intriguing. I was really excited to see how the two youngsters would look for the first time at the NHL level. And for Dylan Sandberg especially, it feels like we've been waiting for his arrival for a long time now. But he's still, you know, relatively young. Maybe it was because we didn't get a chance to watch him in preseason or training camp or anything like that. He suffers the injury and is, you know, basically MIA for a couple of months. But now he's able to get his chance to show what he's capable of and, you know, can he live up to the potential as a former second-round pick and a major star at the collegiate level. So how did he perform in the night? I, we'll, we'll start off with Sandberg before moving over to Chisholm. I, I thought Sandberg looked really good. Uh, you know, my when I was writing my notes down during the game, the first thing I put down after a couple of shifts was that Sandberg looked really poised out there. You know, it didn't look like the moment was was too big for him whatsoever. And, and hey, playing beside Neil Pionk probably helped. And, you know, stick tap to Dave Lowry for not being afraid to kind of throw the youngster to the wolves a little bit there, although maybe he didn't have too much of an option. But... I thought he looked good. You know, he was definitely noticeable out there. I think the the thing that really caught my attention the most from Sandberg on the night was that he wasn't afraid to be aggressive defensively. And I, I'm not just talking about, you know, being physical along the boards or anything like that. But 
he was really, really good in terms of his gap control. I mean, he was not afraid to play tight to the Red Wings forwards, and he was able to, you know, knock a couple of pucks away, thwart some chances off the rush. And then on top of that, too, he was really aggressive in terms of denying zone entries. I mean, anytime Detroit tried to come across the blue line cleanly, he was stepping up and either forcing a dump in or forcing a turnover. I can't imagine the success rate was too high when the Red Wings were trying to target Dylan Sandberg when it came to entering the Winnipeg Jets zone. So, I mean, that's especially for the profile of, of Dylan Sandberg, right? Like, he's more along the lines, I guess you would call, of a stay-at-home defenseman. You want to find traits like that. Like, he, that's how he's going to be successful at the NHL level is not by putting up, you know, 30 or 40 points a season, but by being a solid, steady, dependable partner that can maybe allow a more offensively gifted player beside him to flourish. And I thought he was great as far as off the puck in the game. And on top of it, too, he gets a point. He's able to grab the first point of his career. So, I mean, just a, a really, really solid debut for Dylan Sandberg overall. On top of that, too, you know, he played some penalty kill minutes. Not some. He played over three minutes. Now, again, that is more so by necessity than, than by design. But there was a sequence in the first period in particular where there were back-to-back -back plays. Sandberg got right into the shooting lane and made a couple of really key blocks during the Red Wings power play. And you could even hear the bench, you know, hooting and hollering for him. I mean, he, he looked pretty impressive. I, I was, I, I think I was pleasantly surprised by how well Sandberg looked out there. The one thing moving forward is that, to me, the, the skating stride looked a little bit choppy. If he can smooth that stride out just a little bit, he, he's going to be a handful. He, it's going to be a difficult player as far as trying to generate offensive opportunities against. So I, I think there's a lot of potential for Dylan Sandberg at, at the NHL level. How soon and, and how far away is that? I, I don't know. I think there's a legitimate chance he, he could play in the NHL next year. And, and as far as the ceiling goes, you know what? I don't know if he's ever going to be a top pair guy, but... Second pair defensive stalwart that gives you solid penalty kill minutes as well. Uh, you could make a lot of money and, and <laughs> play a lot of games in the NHL doing that. So uh, a real, real good initial showing for Dylan Sandberg. We'll see if he's able to get into any games in the near in the near future for the Jets. And, you know, a much stiffer test potentially if he's back in the lineup for the team on Tuesday night on the road. But as good as Sandberg was, I, I got to say, I might have been more impressed with Declan Chisel. He was pretty smooth out there. You know, if, if you followed his career to this date, I mean, you know that he was an extremely prolific scorer in the OHL, and then he played pretty damn well for the Moose. You know, people around the team say that he was actually their best defenseman for large chunks of the season last season because Vili Hanela was, you know, rotting away on the taxi squad for a fair amount of that. But, but Chisholm has been somebody that's, as, as far as I think prospects go with this team, has gone under the radar for a few seasons. But he did not look out of place whatsoever at all. And actually led the team as far as Corsi percentage and expected goals percentage in the game. So, I mean, he was he was a really, really effective player. Maybe did so a little bit quietly. But the one thing that sticks out with him is he's a great skater first and foremost. But two, I mean... It's so evident when he's in the offensive zone how much his game really pops off. I mean, really good offensive instincts. And on top of it, too, you know, kind of the opposite of Sandberg. Sandberg was really aggressive on the defensive side of things. 
you know, Chisholm wasn't afraid to jump into the play and be aggressive offensively. And he was flying all over the zone. He made a really, really good pass. I mean, it was a good setup as a whole. You know, able to come over from his side of the ice, skates over to the other, and then sets up a jet forward in the slot area for a really dangerous opportunity. I was really impressed by him. I mean, I don't know how many more games, if any, Chisholm gets for the rest of this season, but man, oh man, the future really is bright on the Jets' blue line. We'll see if there's, like I touched on a few weeks ago, that that ultimately if they have a no-doubt-about-it blue-chip top-pairing stud defenseman, but there's a lot of depth here. There, there's a lot of depth, and the Jets are going to be able to withstand any potential injury storms in the future when you have guys like Sandberg and Chisholm and Hanela, and, and I'll tell you what, Johnny Kovacevic is going to be in that mix too. Unfortunate for him that he got bit a little bit by the COVID bug as well. But that's a number of youngsters that are either ready or banging on the door of the NHL level. It does kind of make you wonder a little bit. I, I will say this before we wrap things up quickly here. But with Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt being the new guys coming in this offseason, a little less term on their contracts. You know, with Morrissey's deal and Neil Pionk's deal, it looks like they're here to stay for the foreseeable future. You do wonder if the conversation needs to be had this offseason, if, you know, maybe it's it's one and done with either Dylan and or Nate Schmidt to make room for a youngster this upcoming season. It's a conversation that needs to be had. I'm not saying you go out there and do it no matter what and, hey, put the kids in and see what happens. You know, you, you might not want to, want to put in, you know, two of these rookie defensemen and, and have them playing significant minutes for the Jets next season, but it, it's, it's got to be an option, right? And if you want to keep guys like Andrew Kopp up front, if you want to make additions elsewhere on the roster, you know what? These kids will be on an ELC and they'll be ready to go. They, they can play. So, so that part of it's exciting. Kind of another wrinkle that gets thrown into the Jets' offseason plans once this year comes to an end. But all in all, great debuts from both Sandberg and Chisholm. One last thing before we call it quits here. I mean, we do got to give a bit of a shout out to Cole Perfetti in this one, who I think for the first time this season started and finished the game as a top six forward for the Jets, getting a huge opportunity to play beside Cal Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois and might have that opportunity I mean, I don't know how long, but maybe into the game against Washington on Tuesday and then a huge divisional matchup Thursday against Nashville, Perfetti might have a bit of an extended look inside the top six. And I'll tell you what, right off the bat, I thought this might be kind of the Cole Perfetti coming out party because that first shift he had, he was fantastic. I mean, he was all over the ice and he was controlling the play. I mean, the puck was on his stick, I think, for 30 seconds inside the offensive zone. It was just... You know, play after play made by Cole Perfetti. And I thought, you know, holy crap, this might be a, a bit of an eye-opener and the Jets might have a bit of an interesting decision on their hands coming forward here. And not that he played bad the rest of the way, but just, you know, it, it kind of quieted down for Cole Perfetti as the game went on. He did make that great play, the great pass on the tic-tac-toe in the third period. I mean, that's a high-end, high-level play that, you know, Dubois probably should have finished, definitely should have finished. And maybe we're having a, a bit more of an excited discussion about Perfetti. But other than that pop play and the first shift on the night, 
you know, it was just kind of, I, I would say, smooth sailing per, for, for Perfetti. Nothing that really blew you away outside of those two instances. And I, I don't know if that's going to be good enough for him to maintain that spot, never mind in the top six, but just as a regular for the Winnipeg Jets moving forward once Ehlers and Wheeler and, and Harkins and some of the other players start to come back. So I'll, I'll be intrigued to see if Perfetti gets another shot against Washington on Tuesday night. The one thing that for me is absolutely certain is that, you know, going into next year, you need to get a little bit more quickness in Cole Perfetti's game, right? Like he's got kind of that junior style of playing still. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have a little bit more time and space when you're playing against players your own age. And that doesn't necessarily exist at the NHL level. You've got to pick up your pace a little bit. And so if Perfetti can add another step, if he can get a little bit quicker, I don't even necessarily think stronger either. He held his own physically a few times in the game. But I think if, if Perfetti can add another step to his game, he's going to be a real, real fun player to watch as soon as next season. You know, it may not be this year that we see an impact from Cole Perfetti at the NHL level, but we're not far away. I mean, he's going to be an impact player for the Jets. No doubt about it. He's close, but it might just be a few more months before we see Pervetti become a bit of a problem for the rest of the NHL. But all in all, a really, really good night as far as the Jets' future and, I mean, really the Jets' present as well. You get the win, a massive two points, and you kind of keep pace in the chase for a wildcard spot because right now it looks like it's five or six teams that are all within a point or two of that last wildcard spot of the West. So, I mean, from that perspective... A really important night for the Jets and a really important night because schedule is brutal coming up here. There's not really an easy night for a couple of weeks at least until, you know, we find out the postponement schedule and, and how that's all going to go about. But some tough matchups, some real, real tough matchups on the road upcoming for the Jets. So that's why, you know, I mentioned this before, but taking care of business against a team like the Red Wings, who are more competitive than they have been in a few years was really, really important because things will start to get brutal. And they'll start to do so in the next game for the Jets, which goes on Tuesday night. And that's where we'll join you guys next, and that's where we'll leave today's episode. We're back at it. You know, we might come back on Wednesday, actually. We'll talk about the Jets-Capitals game. We'll break that one down, see if the team can, you know, be a little more solid than they were the last time around. Although, you know what, maybe uh, different circumstances. Maybe a little more... Uh, a little more of a normal game than the last time the Jets faced the Capitals. But we'll break that one down for you guys when we return on Tuesday's episode. Give you an update in the wildcard standings as well. And, you know, see if any more of the Jets' prospects and the Jets' future make a claim to get some immediate playing time in the club's present. But we'll do that when we come back on, I believe, Wednesday. But just stay tuned for that. In the meantime, though, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Verwicki. We'll be back at it early next week. Until then, though, enjoy your weekend and stay safe, everybody. Peace.